chapter number 16. And we're going to begin, we are going to begin at verse number 19. Amen. St. Luke chapter number 16. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you, we praise you, we honor you. We ask right now in the mighty name of Jesus that you bestow upon us your spirit. We ask, Heavenly Father, that you would just bestow your word, Lord God. And we bind up any and everything, Lord God, that tries to hinder your word. And we praise you for it right now. This we ask in your son Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for who he is. Amen. 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 For who he is. We like to use as a topic what the Lord gave me, and it's called missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. We have been discussing about uh, the places where we encounter people, whether it's been on our jobs or whether it's been in the supermarket or where someone in passing, that is our marketplace to be a witness for Christ. Amen. Sometimes when we, we uh, in these different places or different vineyards, we don't realize that there's a great opportunity there to, to witness because we are the light of the world. But I want to dive into St. Luke chapter 16 Beginning with verse number 19. Beginning with verse number 19. Verse number 19 in St. Luke chapter number 16. We're talking about missed opportunity or opportunities. Now, verse number 19 says, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen, and he fared sumptuously every day. Every day. There was a certain rich man. Now, before we say that all rich people are going to hell, let us unpack this verse. Amen. We're going to unpack this verse. And the first thing we want to do, we want to deal with these two words here, uh, the, he was clothed in purple and also in fine linen. Clothed in purple and fine linen. So let's see literally what he is actually talking and what is it symbolic of. Because a lot of times we look at things on the surface and it's a deeper meaning there that God is trying to reveal. Now, if you would, I just want to teach. Just, just want to teach. Is that all right? Amen. Just want to, just want to teach. All right. Let's go now. Keep your place in, in Luke chapter number sixteen because we're coming back. Now let's go to the book of Revelation. Revelations uh, chapter number nineteen. Revelations chapter number nineteen. And the first thing we want to deal with, I'm kind of reverse it a little bit. We're going to de- deal with that fine linen. What is that? fine linen it is not something materialistic but we think that it is but we're going to see what the scripture says in the revelations chapter number 19 and we're going to begin reading at verse number seven it says let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the lamb is come and his wife has made herself ready talking about the church okay 
Now, verse number 8 says, and to her, is speaking about the church, was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is what? The righteousness of who? See, it says fine linen because it defines what the fine linen is. The fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. Okay? Now, you, you, when you look at the, the colors uh, that it speaks of, the purple and the fine linen, it's really speaking about the priesthood. Okay? Now, I, I need to bust something to this one. Before you say, well, it has to do with every pastor, every preacher. Well, well we're going to show us what the Word says. Amen? Going to show what the Word says. Now, let's go now to First Peter. Mm-hmm. First Peter uh, chapter number 2. First Peter chapter number 2. Because we want to deal now with the color purple. Because, see, the color purple is tied to kings and priests, okay? The color purple, royalty, is tied to kings and priests. Now, in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, looking at verse number 9, okay? Now, this is who we are. Verse number 9 and 1 Peter chapter number 2, it says, But ye are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So in First Peter, it establishes that we are a chosen generation, okay, and that we are royal priesthood. So in actuality, when you look at Luke uh, chapter 16, and you begin looking at verse number 19, we will discover that the royal priesthood is, in essence, is talking about the body of Christ. That's what's happening. Yeah, because, see, we want to equate it to the rich man, and, you know, rich man, no, no, we're going, the Holy Spirit is going to show us some things this morning, okay? Because, see, we are that royal priesthood now. You know, uh, he, God has called us out of darkness into the marvelous light, okay? Now, the next place we want to go, we're going to go back now to St. Luke chapter number 16. We're going back to St. Luke chapter number 16, all right? So we understand now that the fine linen represents righteousness, the righteousness of the saints, Okay? And we also understand that that purple, which is royalty, is tied to kings and priests. And God has made us royal priesthood. We are the priesthood now, okay? Now, when we begin to go back to St. Luke chapter 16, we're going to look at verse number 20. Because, see, sometimes we, we, as we start out on this journey, we, we seem to forget who we are and whomst we are. And we lose that, that connection that we have with God, okay? Now, in verse number 20 in St. Luke, chapter number 16, verse 20 says this. And this is very, very interesting. It says, And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate, 
full of sores. Now, we got to understand now, because of the fact that it was, he was laid at his gate, that means at that, the body of Christ, those individuals that's been saved, that royal priesthood, okay? So this, this beggar, this beggar now, and, and, and what's interesting, he has a name, Lazarus. Lazarus means uh, he who God helps, okay? Now, there's something about the beggar, okay? He's, he's at the gate. He's laid at the gate. Think about your workplace or think about people you have encountered. Think about how many people you encounter at, uh, in all your activities throughout the day, all right? It, it talks about how he was laid, and that word laid, that means to be cast down, okay? And then he goes on and talks about he's laid at the gate. Now, he's laid at the gate. The word gate there means a doorway. It means a porter. It means an, an opening. It means a building or it means opportunities, okay? When you think that where he's laid, think about how many people God has brought our way. I don't leave myself out. <laughs> brought our way. And we didn't take the opportunity to witness to them while we were in that marketplace. Anybody been in, in the marketplace? Y'all know what the marketplace is. See, that marketplace is your job. That marketplace is the, the grocery store. The marketplace is the stores where you go shopping. Anywhere there are people, there is an, God presents us with an opportunity to minister. All right? Now, he talks about this beggar. Watch, watch. This is something we need to remember about the beggar. We want to keep this in mind. Now, the Bible said he was full of sores. I said, well, Lord, what, what does that mean? I know we look at it and we look at it in the natural. We think that the sores are that pulse running out. But no, God said full of sores at the beginning means that he was full of sin. Okay? Now, watch what God says in, in 1 Samuel chapter number 2. Can we, can we walk through this, okay? 1 Samuel chapter number 2, because we're going to deal with this beggar. 1 Samuel chapter number 2. 1 Samuel chapter number 2. Are we there? It's something very interesting that we can see in 1 Samuel chapter number 2, because we're dealing with the beggar, okay? Verse number 7. Number 7 says, The Lord maketh poor, and maketh rich. He bringeth low and lifteth up. That's God's doing. When you look at verse number 8, watch verse number 8. Verse number 8 says, He raises up the poor out of the dust. I mean, he's raising them up out, out, of the, out of rubbish. And then it says, And he lifteth up the who? The beggar. The one that we overlook, the one that God gives us an opportunity to do, to minister to, to witness to, but we, we overlook. But here the word says, God, he lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill. And then he says, watch this, this, the, the B clause, he, to set them among princesses. Now he's talking about, now he's talking about the beggar. Okay, and to make them inherit the throne of glory for the pillars of the earth are the Lord's 
and he has set the world upon them. You know, the beggar, God says, now he's, he's a pillar. When God finishes with him, he will be a pillar in, in the earth, okay? Now, and he will inherit the throne of glory. Remember now about the beggar. Now, now the, the beggar is one that's often uh, cast out. <laughs> and I, I'll come across a story. It talks about uh, a beggar, and uh, a beggar that was a uh, story that's being told that was told in India. And it talks about how uh, the beggar was laid or uh, sitting down or put down or brought to a certain location, and he sat there all the time, over and over. He, never, he, you know, he, he was never moved unless someone moved him. However, as he sat there and he begged, because it says he was sat there on the ground, as the story goes, but it said the beggar died right there, okay? And when they got ready to, to bury the beggar right where he was sitting, guess what they discovered? They discovered that he was sitting on total golds and pearls. He was sitting on gold. And that's the same thing when it comes down to our own lives. We, we don't realize what we have on the inside of us. Because, see, at one point, we are that beggar. But we, we withdraw, relative from withdrawing from the inside, what we do is we draw from the outside. And if we withdraw from the inside, we got gold on the inside of us. <laughs> We've got gold. And, and, and that's a true story that was shared in, in, in India, all right? Now, we realize God here is a for, it's foretelling that God lifts up the, the beggar and he places him in a position, okay? So we have to be careful who we step over. We have to be very careful. We have to be very careful. Now, let's go back to St. Luke. Let's go back to St. Luke. Going back to St. Luke, going back to St. Luke, because, see, the beggar becomes a pillar, <laughs> you know, one that can support, a pillar supports. Now, going back to the book of St. Luke, chapter number 16, now let's begin to unpack, <clears throat> unpack uh, the next few verses, okay? Now, it says in verse number 21, watch what, what happens with the beggar. It says, and he desired to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. All right. Now, what, what can we discover from here? It says the beggar, okay? He desired to be fed with the crumbs, okay? Now, the crumbs is the residue of the word. The crumbs, you know, it's the same thing, same ingredients as in the crumb that's in the whole loaf, okay? Now, the beggar, he's, he's asking, he desires for the crumb, the residue of the word. You know, he wants the broken pieces, that stuff. You know how we pick and choose what we want to hear when it comes down to the word? You know, some things we, we jump on and some things we zip. So we kind of pick and choose the broken pieces. And see, sometimes we want to throw away the broken pieces. But if, if we know and if we remember, Christ told his disciples to gather up the broken pieces. 
See, that part that we throw away, God said, gather that up because you're going to need that. You're going to need those broken pieces, those, those pieces of the word, okay? And, and then the Bible says now, he, he desired the crumbs. He desired the word from the rich man's table. And, uh, in other words, now the body of Christ is the rich man because we are the royal priesthood. <laughs> interesting, isn't it? It's interesting because, see, we, we're, we're so... We're at a point where we want to position something somewhere else rather than applying it to ourselves, okay? And then it goes on to say, it says now that, that moreover, the dogs came and licked his souls. We think the dog came and licked the pulse from the soul. Mm -mm. The dogs is symbolic of the world. If we don't minister, this is, this is why it's a time of fruit-bearing. This is a fruit-bearing season after we finish going through the, the season of losses. It's going to be a great harvest, and we have to begin to know that we got to begin to minister because it's a fruit-bearing season. If we don't minister to those that are lost, the world will. The world will do it. It says they came and licked. The world will lick you up one side or the other. But the world does not mean you any good, okay? So, so now he talks about how the world came to lick his sword, to, to begin to lick him, begin to, to say things that he wants to hear or say things that we want to hear, okay? Now, in verse number 22, it says this, And it came to pass, watch this, And it came to pass that the beggar died. And was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. But now it also says that the rich man, he dies, but he's buried. Hmm. If you look at that, that analogy there, the beggar, he dies. He was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. He was carried to paradise. But the rich man, he was buried. Hmm. See, the beggar, you remember in 1 Samuel chapter 2, when it talked about the beggar, and it talked about how God lifts him up? And makes him a pillar. Y'all remember First Samuel chapter 2? All right. And he's, he's at the throne of God. So he has been elevated now from that sinful state. But now God, through, through someone's witness, somewhere, because the Bible doesn't speak it, that, but that does not mean it didn't happen. Because what happens is when, when, when someone looks, it looks like you can, they're wiped off the map. God knows how to raise one up out of the dunghill. God knows how to do that, okay? But, but I found it interesting that, 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 that the beggar said he was carried by the angel. And Samuel talked about how God was lifting him, you know, uh, the, the throne, you know. And so he was carried by the angels, the beggar, the one that in our marketplaces, we, we walk by or don't take time to minister to. Anybody done that? <laughs> Amen. Amen. 
don't take time to, to witness or minister to. We just, no, ain't no hope for them, so let me move on. I've done that. And, and then to be known, you have too. Amen. Amen. But then it talks about, now it talks about that rich man died and he was buried. Mm. Remember now, that rich man is symbolic of the priesthood because, see, what happened, the royal priesthood, and we read about in First Peter, that he's no longer where he needs to be in God. All right, now watch, watch, watch the word, watch the word, watch the word. In verse number 23, we, you know, some, sometimes we have questions about heaven and hell. Well, this text will kind of explain some things. Now, verse number 23 in St. Luke chapter uh, number 16, look at verse 23. It says, and he, and in hell, talking about the rich man, and in hell, what did he do? He lifted up his eyes, being in torment. And seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. Mm-hmm. Now, from these ver- verses here, we're going to see that there is an awareness, there is relief, a request for relief, there is reflection, and there is a negotiation going on. Okay? All right. Now, in verse number 23, he talks about how he lifts his eyes up in hell, and he sees Abraham afar off, but he sees Lazarus also in the bosom of God. He, he sees the very one that he mistreated or overlooked or passed by. Uh, God allowed him to have the awareness to, to see uh, or give us a reflection of what actually happened. What, you know, God, would, God has a, a, a weird sense of humor. He will allow us to see when we when we arrowed. And see, the body of Christ right now is in great error. The body of Christ is in great error, okay? Now, he, he has a he has an awareness. And he talks about in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment. See, when you in hell, there's torment. Most people don't even want to talk about hell no more. They think this is going to be it right here. Well, I hate to tell you, this is, this is not it. <laughs> we've got to leave this place, and we've got to face the music. <laughs> we've got to face the music, okay? So he's in torment. <coughs> but then he sees Lazarus, the one that God helps, all right? Now, verse number 24, watch this, watch this. It says, and he cried and said, Father Abraham. Have mercy on me. And send who? The one that he overlooked, the beggar. Send, send, send the beggar that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for, for I am tormented in, it says, this flame. Now he wants some relief. But he wouldn't give the beggar no relief. Now he wants some relief because he's, you know, it's, it's hot on him. He's in torment. But he, he, he wants some relief. So, so now he's, he's got a request. Mm, 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 mm. 
Mm-mm. He's asking for mercy. Now watch verse number 25. Watch verse number 25. Verse 25 says, but Abraham, watch this, watch this word. He says, but Abraham said, what does, what does he say? What does Abraham call him? So that must have meant that at one point or another, he was a believer. Abraham called him son. Are we not sons of God? <laughs> so it shows us where he had fallen from. Okay? He says, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is confident and thou art tormented. We got to be careful how we treat folk. We have to be careful how we treat people. Because everybody that we see in the marketplace not going to look like us, not going to smell like us, now, won't have the status that we may have. I mean, they may have nothing. We went a, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Dr. Manuel had been working with that down at the, uh, uh, the marketplace. And that, I guess he, the man was homeless. I suppose he was. And he wanted to come to church. Well, that first Sunday, for whatever reason, we didn't go, go get him because he said he wanted to go to church. Okay? He's homeless now. Well, I, I talked to him, conversate with him. He was on, you know, he had his little bicycle and stuff. So for whatever reason, we didn't go get him that first Sunday. But then the next week, he says, I was out there waiting for y'all to pick me up. See, that was a missed opportunity because he wanted to be in church. So that, that, that Friday, he says, well, I'll tell you what he said, I'll be in the same place. Just come on back and get me. I'll be in the same place. Well, this time we go. But the opportunity had been missed. The man wasn't there. We rode up and down and down, up through these little back roads and all these trees and a little bit and a little bit of little houses looked like little dog houses and stuff. I don't know if somebody was living in those or not. But he was not there. And that was a missed opportunity because see that still was the marketplace that was a soul but because we didn't go the the sunday that he expected us to come well it was a little bit of rain you know how it is when we get a little bit of rain outside some of us don't come amen (laughs) Uh, uh, and and when we did go look for him he wasn't there so that was a missed opportunity that was one of them beggars and I grant you, eventually, before it's over with, he'll be seated with the Most High God. Okay? So, so he, he talks about here, he says, now, you, you experience, you see, this is a, a, a time of reflection. See, in hell, you're going to be able to reflect. Because he said, the word there, he says in verse number 25, but Abraham said, son, he calls him a son. Then he says, remember. How do you remember if you're not aware? Remember means that there's something that you, that's going to be pulled back from your memory and allow you to see and understand uh, what has taken place. And he talks about in your lifetime. 
in your lifetime, you had it all good. But that beggar didn't, didn't have very much. Sometimes, sometimes when, sometimes when we, when we get, I like to say two nickels and a dime, we forget who we are. We forget. We, we look at people that's, that's down on, I don't like to use the word look, that, that, that's, that's down, that has less than, and we, how many people, we as the body of Christ, I'm going to talk to the camera, <laughs> that we walk past and we didn't want to deal with them. Miss opportunity. You know them folks that's contrite, irritable, you can't get along with no matter what? <laughs> Would you say, yes, brother? But God will always give us an opportunity to be able to say something to them that will make very well change their life. Amen. All right, so he says now, the beggar, he received evil things, but then he said now he is confident. Why? Because he is in the arms of the master. That's why we have to be very careful, very, very, very careful. Now, hold your place, and let's, let us go now to the book of Job. Keep our place in St. Luke, and let's go to the book of the book of Job, chapter number 21. We're almost done, almost. Because we have to realize that there's an awareness in hell. We'll be begging for relief in hell. And we're going to be able to reflect. Now, Job, chapter number 21, looking at verse number 13. Job, chapter 21, looking at verse number 13. It says, they spend their days in wealth, and in a moment go down to where? The grave. Remember, the rich man was buried. And 14 says, therefore, they say unto God, depart from us, for we desire not the knowledge of their way. Is that not where the world is today, where our nation is today? They don't want even. They don't even want to know the knowledge of God, the ways of God. They they have no desire to to know the ways of God. They they the, the world now is telling God depart from us. We, we, we don't want to hear nothing you got to say. We don't want to know nothing about your ways. But by the time God gets through speaking, and He has been speaking, we gonna wake up. And oftentimes I ask the question, Lord, how, how much longer will we be in the place and the condition where we're in and we still won't repent? I know the Bible says, you know, all these things come upon earth and they still didn't repent. I'm like, something's wrong. We we've have the opportunity to help those people in Florida. Spoken to some people there. And they talked about the conditions that's there, their homes, 
you know, you know, the people, the death and all everything that, that's happening that all has happened there. And I had a young man, not older gentleman that was here this this past week with us, share a story with you. That's why you can't get attached to materialistic things. He had a friend moved from South Carolina and he moved to Florida. Built half million dollar house. And he told him, he said, man, you don't need to do that. So you need to move. If you would just build 60 miles away, you'll be all right. Well, he refused to hear sound counsel. You know what happened? In the process of his building, the hurricane took it all out. It was just in the construction phase. Still, he has no idea whether or not, you know, the construction, if there are any such things as construction insurance or not, he has no idea whether or not it was going to be paid for. He'll get some kind of resources from it. Lost it. I mean, just come. God is speaking. Wiped everything out. And when he called his friend, he said, I've lost. He couldn't say he lost everything, and yet he did lose everything. That materialistic stuff. You can't hold on to it. You, just, you, just, you can't attach your soul to it. Because, see, many people ran from one place. They ran from COVID from one place and go down to this beautiful place called Florida. And then they lose everything they had. The gentleman I spoke with, the pastor in Bonita Springs, Florida, I said, what needs do you have besides water? We're going to bring water. He said, we need clothing. We need shoes. When you think about the little simple things that we take for granted, Another lady that we spoke to that was in Cape Coral, Florida, I asked her, I said, what are you all's needs besides water? You know what she said? We need some baby formula. And not only that, but she said, you know those little bitty kind of ovens, them little bitty stoves they, they use for camping? She said, we need some of them because we don't have no power and we can't cook. And that means we can't eat. See, we haven't gotten to that. We had, as the minister prayed this morning, he talked about how we, we talked about how we were spared. When will God show up at our door? So it's time for us to to witness to people because we don't never know where where death is. It's, it's it's just crucial. So let's get back to this word because America has told God, depart from us. We don't want to know your ways. We don't want no knowledge of your ways. And all he has to do is just shake his foot because his feet are in the dust. All he has to do, or he just wave his hand. And we put us all in fear. Oh, my God. Then verse number 15 in Job 21 says, What is the Almighty? This is, this is where America is. And the rest of the world, the, you know, all those other countries. What is, what is the Almighty 
that we should serve him. And what profit should we have if we pray to him? Sound like a fool to me. Prayer is our lifeline. It it goes back to that scripture. If my people that are called by my name. See, the body of Christ has the answer. Then he says, the body of Christ really is saying, turn from their wicked ways. He's talking about the body of Christ. My people. He said, seek my face, pray, humble yourself. We've got some prideful stuff up in us. But, but, but the body holds the antidote to a lot of things that's going on. Because we've we, we got to turn our ways. I mean, it says, what profit should we have if we, in other words, well, you know, it's no good to pray. There was a storm before. And it was going to hit. Now, I can't remember which storm it was. People started praying, and God turned that thing. But I guarantee you, a lot of people didn't pray this time. Let's go back to Luke. Let's go back to Luke, St. Luke, chapter number 16. Let's go back to Luke. We're almost done. Almost done. Now, looking at verse number 16. Chapter 16, looking at, looking at verse number 26 in St. Luke chapter number 16. It says, Abraham is speaking to, 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 to the rich man, I mean, that, 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 that priesthood. He says, and besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf, and it is fixed. So that they which would pass from hence to, to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that will come from thence. In other words, when it's done, it's done. Don't expect, huh, I'm going to be able to get some help from somewhere. Don't, don't expect that. If you don't do it down here right now, that's, no, that's nothing over on the other side. The other side of death is what I'm speaking of. Okay? You got, you got to get it right here. Now, in verse number 27, these last two verses, watch, watch, watch this. Here comes the negotiation. Okay? Now, verse number uh, 27 says, Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. Talking about the beggar now. Now, he won't the beggar now. I think he, he just didn't overlook him and just, you know, I'll let the world lick your sores. You know, I'll let the world take care of you. God has elevated the beggar. Now, he's seeing, he's seeing the beggar in, in Abraham's bosom. And he says now, he's, he's put in a request. Now, all this is happening, you know, with the rich man dealing with the hell stuff. He said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou would have sent him to my father's house. Now, he's not talking about the heavenly father. He's talking about his relatives. Now, he see, he didn't screw it up. But he's, he's trying to negotiate for those that's been left behind. 
Okay? Because this is a negotiation. Now, verse 28 says, he, he says this, For I have five brethren that he may testify. Talking about the beggar now. Now he wants the beggar to testify. Well, he wouldn't listen to him when he was laying at his gate. He, he said, I've got five brother, brethren that he may testify to them, lest they also come into this place of torment. <laughs> now, we're going to go to this last verse, verse number 28. Verse number 28. Talking about place of torment. Now, when we go to the book of Psalms, it talks about that they that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, it says none of them can by any means redeem his brother nor give to God a ransom for him. So no matter what the negotiation the negotiation the was or he tried to do, it can't be done. You we, you can't negotiate for somebody else's soul. That's why everybody has to work out of their own soul salvation with trembling and fear. So here he is. He's he's <laughs> it, it, it's just amazing. He, 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 he refused to do what he needed to do, and he ended up being aware. He had an awareness of where he was. He was begging for relief. He reflected back on when he had the opportunity, and then he tried to negotiate. There's no negotiation, the Bible says, in this war. Please, ma'am, and please, sir, that this, this, this season that we're in, about to enter into is that fruit-bearing season wherein not only will be blessed, but it's also a season where we need to, wherever that marketplace is, we need to witness to those people. We need to witness. We need to tell them about the goodness of God. We need to tell them about our own personal life where God brought us from. Because they would never know God can bring them from any place if we never share our story. See, some of us, we're too ashamed of our story. We know where we came from. So we need to let someone know God can. This is where I was, and this is where I am now. See, we don't even know how that would help someone. But when we want to be closed mouth and want everybody to think we're so perfect and we're so holy, huh, your very testimony can help somebody or turn their lives around. That beggar was elevated. And that once that person that was in the priesthood royal priesthood Abraham called him a son at one point he was a believer now he is in hell you know you got some people that they don't even believe hell even exists 
Let me tell you, yes, it does. I, I, I shared that dream. It had chambers going down, chambers going down, going down. I'm looking up and I'm seeing, seeing this man. What are you doing down here? He says, because of unforgiveness. Do we have somebody we haven't forgiven? Still got a problem with them? That can put us in hell. But take every opportunity, the Lord says, to use your marketplace, not for this here. It's not just a job to get some cash. Mm -mm. It's for you to be able to witness to others. Don't miss your opportunity. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for his word. Amen. 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 I pray you were able to to receive from the word. I want to say uh, we've had.